Greetings and welcome to Sisterly Soul Stories. This is Erica Dodson and I am so grateful that you decided to join us again today. If you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to listen to it at your leisure, but I'm incredibly excited about our guest today. Reverend Christopher Moore is the pastor of the New Mount Calvary Baptist Church here in Houston. He's also a husband, father, mentor, friend, but most importantly, man of God. And so I wanted to invite him on as we continue in our series entitled, What About the Women? As we discover how women enter the space of ministry, no matter what space that the Lord is calling them to. So I want to welcome and thank Reverend Christopher Moore for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I was so grateful when you said yes. Um, I knew it had been a while since we had spoken. Sure. I knew some wonderful things were going on in your life and in your ministry. And I wanted to invite you on to share with our uh, audience today. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly uh, elated to be here and glad to glad to connect with you again, Eric. It has been a while, (laughs) uh, but but really, really grateful for what the Lord is doing in your life as well. And and this this podcast is absolutely amazing. So I'm just thankful I could be a part of it. Yeah, and thank you. And I want to uh, publicly thank you for the opportunities you've extended to me yeah. to work alongside you in ministry definitely. and work with your leaders and your team and speaking your conference. It was definitely a blessing, a blessed blessing. Um, and I wish continued success in your ministry. Um, So at the outset, you know, whenever I have a guest, I like to start the conversation with asking, how are you doing? Like really doing? And and what are you doing to care for yourself during this very difficult time in our world? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably, uh, probably in one of the best spaces I've been in. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The pandemic helped stretch me a lot. Uh, help grow me a lot, help see uh, myself in a different light, um, help me be really, really honest about some things with myself ministry-wise and personally. And, you know, I I use this analogy in, in Bible study. Uh, you know, none of us like traffic in Houston, but we, we see all of these construction sites and we get upset about the detours and the delays, but actually construction is for the best. It's something that needs to be improved upon. And that's how I kind of look at my life daily as a construction site. It's in need of God stripping away some stuff and on, uh, some areas, you know, <laughs> you know, some things I need to be, some things I need to be better about, you know, as a husband, a father, uh, a pastor, a, a sibling, uh, you know, all of those types of things. And so I'm really, really in a great space. You, you know, Eric, I'll be completely honest with you. One, one of the things that I wish that I had more people tell me in seminary was to cultivate a devotional life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, we, we become so good at ministry. Mm-hmm. We, we, we learn the processes and methodologies but we don't ever actually take care of our souls. And, you know, I'm afraid that a lot of people in our space are going to be very, very major in proclamation and ministry work and administration, but will fail spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's been life-changing for me. Uh, I had to ask some people 
really tell me, like, you need to have a devotional life. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to write a sermon, a Bible study, a revival. That's, that stuff matters. But if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually on a daily basis, at some point, you never have anything to, to give. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's been huge for me. Like, preaching-wise, preaching-wise, I have, this has been the best groove I've been in like for a two year, two and a half year stretch that I can remember uh, in almost 16 years of preaching now. And and it really, it just boils down to taking that time daily to spend some time with God and to read the word devotionally. Uh, You know, I know homiletics and I know hermeneutics and all this stuff. I can preach, teach, but I need to be able to be ministered to myself. And, and that is not always accessible mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we give, we give, we give, but we don't always have someone pouring into us. So that's been huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that, that spiritual relationship that's been cultivated. Um, you know, obviously, you know, obviously my life was a lot more complicated uh, has than it was a couple of years ago with, you know, being married now, having a family, having a new baby. Uh, I've had to grow up in a lot of areas. You know, when you're by yourself, you know, you kind of do some things, you can kind of, you know, you can make a mistake or you can be a little selfish, mm-hmm. but that, that doesn't fly. <laughs> once you, mm-hmm. once you have a family that you are, that you are actually the priest of your home, as well and uh so the pandemic was really really good uh to get to learn more about about my family uh my daughter was in she was in virtual school mm-hmm. for for mo- for the all pretty much all of the pandemic up until this year so i was she and i had a lot of time to spend together uh, she saw how much I did not know about math, science, and history, <laughs> and, all, and all, all that stuff. But you know, but we 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 grew. Our bond grew during that time, and uh, so that that has been huge for me. Uh, you know, there's always things you can do better. You know, my wife and I have been trying to make out a a, a schedule to to work out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's 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 more paranoid about you know, about post-baby yeah. weight and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, I keep telling her, trust me, it ain't that bad. Yeah. But, you know, she, you know, she, and rightfully so, we all have to take care mm-hmm. of ourselves. But, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, so we're, we're, we're doing that, trying to figure out what's going to be the best time to do this. Uh, you know, we're trying to get Grayson out a little bit more now. So he can, so he can be acclimated to the, yeah. to the outside world, taking him slow, but, uh, we, you know, we know that he needs to be aware of, of certain things. And, um, and so we're, we're getting there with that, but just trying to, trying to find that time or make that time rather, uh, to, to, to really improve physically as well. But overall, I'm doing really well, just, just in a, just in a really, really good space. Yeah. Uh, and now does that mean, obviously, does that mean that everything is, easy absolutely not we both we both know that uh ministry is a struggle marriage is hard work uh you know you work you try to 
you know, you try to make sure your baby's fed and, and making sure he's he's getting everything he needs, making sure our daughter's getting everything she needs. So that that is that's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I would say beginning with my own personal devotional time has kind of helped me navigate through all of that more effectively. I want to thank you for being so transparent there and giving such a full, well-rounded uh, answer to that yeah. question. I'm very grateful. Yeah. I'm glad first to hear you um, have given it so much thought and are actually putting things in place to take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard T.D. Jake say years ago um, that if you give out, if you're a leader, if you're a servant, mm -hmm. if you're a minister, that you should have at least seven streams um, a replenishment poured back mm -hmm. into your life. And I remember at that time thinking seven, <laughs> seven, seven from where, you know? And um, I really struggled to, you know, figure out how do you, how do you replenish yourself yeah. and then yeah. stay balanced and not feel guilty about taking too mm -hmm. much me time or exactly. focus too much on yourself with the heavy weight of ministry mm -hmm. um, hanging over your head. And so yeah. uh, for me, the pandemic 2020 everything was um it was a time of great transition for me mm -hmm. um i experienced loss uh, on a number of levels um but also really began to have some uh, mental health challenges and that was very difficult for me but i think during that time also like you say you kind of stop and say okay i've prayed for everybody else um i poured into everyone else let me make sure that me and my relationship with the Lord is solid and strong. And I began yeah. to really spend time, fervent time um, in prayer. And I tell people all the time, there were many times I didn't have words, um, but I just sat in God's presence in order for him to pour back into me. Um, and I'm a different person as a result of that time, you know? Um, and I think that the Lord allowed time to stop and so to, you know, in some respects, mm -hmm for the church, for ministers, for those called to take care of others, to reset. Because we didn't have a choice. We had to sit oh, in the house. Had to. Had to. <laughs> had to, you know? <laughs> and so we had to figure out ways, alternative, alternative ways to fill ourselves. And um, I think the people that we serve now will be better as a result of it. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. and, and I think also, um, you know, one of the things that I took very seriously was, and I'm I'm unapologetic about this, and and you know, one of my best friends in the world is Pastor Halley. Um, we, you know, we we made a point to 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 see a therapist, get get some counseling, you know, to be able to to just unload and decompress on a on a weekly, you know, bi-weekly, whatever. Uh, a, a consistent basis and I think that's been huge that was really the starting point for me mm -hmm. uh realizing how much I needed to take better care of myself mm -hmm. and uh and so you know along with that and and just having good people to talk to um you know you 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 look for people who are going to be honest and you know, people who are going to be transparent and will, you know, call you out, tell you if you're wrong, uh, but also encourage you if you're right. And so kind of creating those boundaries and um, 
you know, having that time where you can kind of decompress is, has been huge for me because because sometimes it's not always personal. You know, sometimes sometimes I do want to talk about church, yeah. you know, but sometimes yeah. I don't want to talk about church, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and so so that's been that's been huge. I, Eric, I think one of the biggest things for me and I know we'll talk more about this as we go. You know, one of the biggest things for me is I learned in getting a family mm-hmm. that I needed to make sure that I always made my family a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm at this point now where if, if I don't make something, you know, at the expense of, of being with my family, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that. There, I have, I have, and and this is and it's just because of circumstances. I've probably missed more funerals in the last couple couple of years uh, due to due to family obligations I, that I would not have that I would not have missed. And it's and it's no slight to families. Yeah. But if there was if there was something that I already had scheduled, you know, I had a one of the hard things for me to do. I had an elderly member pass away. And my aunt's 80th birthday celebration was scheduled that same day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was going to be tight for me to, to do, try to do both. Mm-hmm. And so I chose, I chose going to celebrate with my aunt. You know, my aunt is my mom's only sister. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's like a mother to me. So, you know, I wasn't going to miss that, but, but just, realizing that it's okay if you don't make a zoom meeting uh it's okay if you don't if you don't make it to every little thing that goes on it's okay um and so that's that's been that's been interesting uh for for my congregation who's kind of used to me being at everything uh not maybe seeing me as much at certain things i still you know it's my obligation to be at everything that i can uh, but I try not to overextend myself because I, I, I realize this now. Uh, they're going to, you know, they, they can live without me. Uh, and at some point, they're going to have to live without me. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's okay. Just, just accepting some things, setting some more boundaries mm-hmm. uh, and, and things like that have been, have been a great learning tool for me. Yeah, that's that was gonna yeah. say setting those important boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Setting those yeah. boundaries. Therapy yeah. certainly help helps oh, yeah. with that. Um, to release the guilt mm-hmm. of not being able to please everyone. Most definitely being there for everyone, but the people that are most important in your life, trying to make sure that you show up for them mm-hmm. as yeah. you have opportunity. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So let's let's just jump right into it. And we sure. kind of alluded to some of the things mm-hmm. um, that I want to touch on. But first, yeah. I, I would love to know about your uh, your younger life, um, how your faith was formed and um, what it was like when you accepted your call to ministry. So just kind of yeah. talk us through and, and bring us up <laughs> in 60 seconds. <laughs> OK, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. Oh, uh, well, it all start it all started in in the country in East Texas. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm the youngest of five and I have three three older sisters, one older brother. Uh, 
we 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 did church. We grew up in church. Uh, still at my home church. My nephew is actually the pastor of our home church. Okay. My most of my immediate family is still there in that church. Uh, my brother and one of my uncles is a deacon there. My aunt is there. Two of my sisters there. One of them is the musician. One of them is the church clerk. So we're heavily, heavily uh, involved in ministry at home church. So that was just in me. Uh, I knew from a young age that the Lord had a call on my life uh, to preach. I started out, I started out preaching like bootlegging back when I was like four or five. You know, that was that was my thing. I was standing up on stuff and and preaching. So it was just always in me. Um, I didn't officially accept my call to the ministry and I wanted to preach. Now that's one thing I wanted to preach, but I ran for a long, long time. Uh, so I accepted my call to preach uh, back in 2006, uh, 2006. And uh, it scared me to death, mm-hmm. you know, cause I like, I know I'm not, I want to preach, but I know I'm not prepared. I'm not adequate uh, mm-hmm. enough to do it as much as I want to do it. Uh, so I had a decision to make. It was either go to law school, which I was pre-law, and or go to seminary. Well, the Lord closed every single door for law school. Like, that's what I wanted. I want to be a sports agent. I'm a huge sports fan. I wanted to get into the business of managing athletes and negotiating contracts. That's what I wanted to do. The Lord closed all those doors. He opened up the door to DTS. And that's where I went. I had been preaching a year uh, before I moved to Dallas. And I knew, I knew that I needed to, I knew I needed training if I was going to be effective. Um, you know, my nephew and I joke a lot, you know, for that one year, you know, I was the hottest thing in East Texas, you know, because everybody knew I was going to preach. And, yeah. you know, I was doing the revivals and the youth conferences and the citywide and all that kind of stuff. I had East Texas locked up. But once I got to seminary, I realized that I was not a good preacher. And so, <laughs> so I hate to, you know, I hate to, I hate to even go back and listen and listen to some of this stuff and even read some of the stuff that I preached uh, back then. Yeah. I, I still have to ask the Lord forgiveness for, for <laughs> stuff. Just, you know, you know, you, Listen, you put a few points on a poem, a little song before little and song after, at the end. you know, tune, tune it up. You know, you're you're going to satisfy a lot of people yeah. in a lot of places. Yeah, like that. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so so I had I knew I had to get some training. Uh, probably. My biggest. One of my biggest influences happened preaching wise and at least trying to explore exposition was through my mentor, Pastor Gaines, who pastors here in in Houston. And he used to do a revival for us back home. And he did, he was doing exposition. I had never seen seen of it, heard of it. I was like, man, I said, when I start preaching, this is a teenager. Like, I want to do this. Like, I want to do that. And so I started trying to, you know, try to talk about what I stood up and read. Once I got to seminary, I kind of learned how to 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 work work through that a little bit better practically. Um, but you know, preaching has always just been it's just always been in me. Uh, it just always has. Um, you know, so that was 
that was my young ministry life. You know, I was, I, I came up as a singer. Uh, that's, that's what I was doing, you know, as a, as a boy, but I always knew I had this call to preach and pastor. Um, you know, I had a lot of good, I had a lot of good influences growing up, you know, as far as preaching was concerned. Um, my pastor in Dallas, who I spent the majority of my early preaching ministry, Dr. Nash, who was, that's where I met Pastor Halley uh, okay. at Mount Tabor. Mm-hmm. Mount Tabor, you know, is a special place because they have always been very instrumental in the growth of young preachers. Mm-hmm. Like you name it, anybody that we know of today has passed through Mount Tabor. Okay. You know, everybody from Dr. West to Pastor Anderson, to Dr. Haynes, Dr. Denny Davis, anybody that went to Bishop at some point went to Mount Tabor and preached. And so the fact that I could come up in that type of, in that type of group, uh, in that type of congregation was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was learning seminary wise, and then what I was just kind of born and bred in me, was kind of married together uh, at Mount Tabor, mm-hmm. and so so that was a huge huge part of my of my ministry growth. And you know, frankly, Pastor Gaines letting me come preach here monthly uh, that was that was giving me you know a different taste of, of ministry. And uh, finally coming here, um, you know that's been that's been huge for me. So it's awesome to hear, uh, first of all, about your transition to seminary and also that you had some wonderful mentors that poured Mm -hmm. into you. As you think about your ministry now, what is your um, uniqueness? What is your thumbprint? You know, every ministry, every pastor has something that is uniquely um, significant to the imprint that God calls them to make. So what do you think yours is in this time? I would, I would definitely think that just being able to have the type of personality that can communicate the gospel in many, many different types of settings, uh, any platform, I'm pretty versatile enough. Just when you, you know, when you, when you've been in it now for almost 16 years, you've kind of, you've kind of seen it, you've kind of been different places, but for the Lord to allow me to allow my personality to come out of my preaching and not have to water it down, you know, not have to restrain it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much going to sound the same uh, <laughs> wherever I am. So, so if it's an older crowd, if it's a younger crowd, if it's in the country, in the city, no matter what the demographic, the Lord's just kind of given me a really, really uh, unique gift to be able to minister to different demographics and, and be effective. Um, one of the things that I learned from the pandemic was, was application, how to be more personal in my preaching. And of course, when you have life, life events, uh, you have more experience to talk about certain things. Uh, but that, that was really, you know, preaching to, to a camera and our praise team and media ministry for two years. That kind of taught you a lot about, about preaching that you couldn't rely on call and response and if you look mm-hmm. for it you know it, you probably weren't going to get it <laughs> not like you not like you used to be kind of quiet <laughs> yeah yeah so so learning to be learning to be okay 
uh, learn to be okay with being who I am and, and just being grateful for my style of preaching. I'm, I'm an expositor. Uh, I'm learning how to tailor my style uh, to a broader generation. Now, I think that's one of the things that has helped me grow uh, over the course of the years. But, but the Lord just blessed me to be able to communicate the gospel in a simple way uh, that, that people can know what I'm talking about. You know? Yeah, and that's a blessing yeah. because that means more people through your ministry have access. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know, if our words are too lofty um, mm. or our illustrations too high-minded, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. lose people, right. you know? Right. Right. Um, right. And so to be able to go into different settings and different platforms, be able to communicate in a way that people can hear and receive is, is so impactful. It just for me means that your ministry is going to expand and be, you know, touching people far and wide. Um, and so after 16 years, right, I'm sure you have seen a lot of shifts. Um, yes. and we, are, we are in a huge shift right now on a number mm -hmm. of fronts. Um, like we've, we've talked about, you know, uh, folks not coming inside the building, mm -hmm. people choosing to be online worshipers, um, but also women stepping up from the shadows to the forefront. Now that that's not something, that's not a new idea, but we're right. seeing it in mass right now. Right. I, I partly believe it's because um, the pandemic kind of removed some barrier because now, you know, folks can get online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. You, you can have, you can start your church virtually. Yeah, <laughs> you don't definitely. need startup money. You don't need permission Most from definitely. anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and people are um, just being very unique and creative in the ways that they are reaching people, which I think the pandemic spurred that along. But while uh, women are doing some amazing things in ministry, everyone isn't happy about it. Yeah. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that tension. Why do you think that tension is right now? Yeah, you know, you know, Eric, I've honestly been thinking about that mm -hmm. uh, since we since we kind of launched this uh, this this occasion uh, for this conversation. You, and and you know what comes comes back to me, and and I'll I'll frame it, but I'll I'll lead with this statement. Mm -hmm. There, we have we in the church, particularly men, have a huge misunderstanding about biblical order and chauvinism. Mm. Uh, I think you can be biblically in order, but not be a chauvinist. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's and, I, and I think we're trying to mask biblical order with chauvinism, misogynism, and things like that. And and frankly, that's not been the story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, women have been very, very prominent throughout the Bible, mm -hmm. serving and leading in ministry. They are very prominent even today, uh, because if you look at most of our churches, that is the majority of who make up our churches. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've we've missed the mark with with mistaking that, and, and I'm I'm really grateful that you have have opened have opened this this discussion. I, I tell my church all the time, and they they know exactly where I'm coming from. You know what? Everybody's not called to preach, mm -hmm. but we're all called to do some preaching. Yeah. You know, and and so 
we, we have to stop being so rigid and so sensitive mm-hmm. about, about what the Bible says, like we're to respect the gifts of one another. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's not so always an easy pill to swallow because just in case uh, the Lord places a woman in some type of leadership capacity in ministry, then that probably means that I got to give up my spot. That means I got to let go of, of some kind of power that I think I have. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at it as God has gifted this individual, male or female, mm-hmm. uh, to serve in this capacity, mm-hmm. um, instead of looking at it that way, we want to start putting them in boxes and saying, oh, this is what they 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 are relegated to this. They cannot do this. And so I think that's one of the biggest things. Like we we I believe there are people who believe in divine order who are not chauvinists. I listen, I tell people all the time, if it weren't for my mom and the impact that she had on my life, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. And and I know for a fact my mom knew the Lord. She she was she was the one who had some of the toughest conversations with me about mm-hmm. my faith and 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 about ministry and about the seriousness of preaching. Uh, not to say that my dad didn't have an impact on my life because he did, but mm-hmm. I've got you know I've got some very very instrumental people in my life who have who have helped me in ministry. Yeah, who were women. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know and so and even in my church and and you know this working with a lot of my leaders i have some very very gifted women in our church that that lead and serve and and who who are willing to take the reins and to do whatever is necessary to to advance the kingdom and and i think it's it's good listen we need men in leadership we need we need to lead as God has ordered us to lead, mm-hmm. but we can't, we can't be chauvinist. We can't be biased and all of those types of things because that's not Christ-like. So I think that's where the tension, we got some insecurity issues. Um, insecurity, Uh-oh. say it ain't so. <laughs> no. no. Of course not us. <laughs> of course not us. <laughs> say it ain't so. Of course so you mean us. to tell me that people may think that if I allow a woman to take this spot that it won't be space for me is that oh yeah what I'm that's, hearing oh that's 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 exactly what I'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean and is is and we are we we are territorial or oh, no we are territorial we are prideful to a fault a lot of us in church and uh and we if we if we looked at things differently mm-hmm. and you know one of the things that i i mentioned uh to our church on sunday we we like to claim this as our church our space mm-hmm. and we like to say who can and who can't mm-hmm. be saved who can't be included who can't be a part of this Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're we're ruining a lot of precious opportunities mm-hmm. to minister and be ministered to. Yeah. And and I think I think some of our views on women in ministry actually run away from good people. 
mm-hmm. you know, who could really be helping us really strive for the sake of the gospel and advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I had, when I was, when I was out on, I guess you can call this uh, paternity leave. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, when the baby got here, you know, the majority, like my Bible study still rocked on. And the majority of, of my myself were were some of my women, you know, my women's leader, my Christian ed leader. Mm-hmm. They did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and I don't know how I don't know how people always take that. Uh, you know, we we at our church, we've got a, a mixture of classes and things like that where we have crossover, uh, where we have some women. Uh, teaching co-ed class, one of my most popular classes before the pandemic was walk through the Bible. That mm-hmm. was probably our largest class. And mm-hmm. we had a phenomenal teacher who was who was leading that class. And so, you know, we're just now kind of getting back to to uh, Sunday school. Uh, but that's been some fruitful, fruitful time. We've had we've had a mixture of people leading, you know, those settings. And it's been it's been huge. You know, when you came and did our training for our leaders, mm-hmm. you know, I know how I know how that can be. Uh, that can be a little uncomfortable for certain people who are frozen, you know, as far as their mindset is concerned. But my thing is, you know, listen, if if I'm bringing somebody to help advance the kingdom, mm-hmm. then we should be respectful of that individual's gifts yeah. and we should pray that the Lord make us available mm-hmm. to that which is being given to us. Mm-hmm. But we don't, all, we don't always look at it like that. Mm-hmm. And I will yeah. say, you know, it's always evident in what a church is being taught by how they treat guests. And, mm-hmm. and I would say I've always felt welcome and, and received well uh, yeah. that I was uh, afforded the opportunity to do with yeah. your, your teams. Um, and that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes about their ability to connect with this current generation, mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. that we're in, um, and then the openness as it relates to evangelism. Because what happens is, if you're in a fixed mindset, you know, and you're closed off to different individuals of different genders and races and from mm-hmm. spaces in life to come in, um, sometimes it could be a hindrance, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so along those lines, you know, and you shared already, but just let's talk about uh, other ways that you open doors or affirm women in ministry in your personal ministry or even in the work that you do in the community. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, uh, we have a ton of leaders in ministry who, who, who are leading. Uh, uh, we, you know, like my Christian ed director you know, uh, some of my, like some of my decision-making ministries are are very, very well represented by women. Uh, You know, our food bank ministry is, is, is led by women, Uh, you know, and so some of those key ministries, like our, our hospitality and greeters and things like that, we, we've done, we've, we have a really good mixture of, and for the most part, we we don't really catch static for that. And you know, on occasion, you 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 may catch a little static for certain things. But we've 
I think we've navigated through that pretty well for the most part to where gender is not does not come up as as much as it possibly could uh, some other place. And I and I just think that that again it kind of goes back to my upbringing and 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 even you know even back in the country, you know my I come from a pretty staunch strict Baptist uh, upbringing, uh, but we you know we had women who were very, very prominent uh, mm -hmm. back, back then. And, you know, and just seeing like the faith of my mom and my aunt, I constantly think of what Paul told Timothy, you know, listen, I've seen Lois and Eunice, and I believe that the faith that they've, they've been imparted, they will impart to you as well. And that's, that's how I feel. You know, mm -hmm. I've had, had some really, really, really strong women in my life that have helped helped me along along the way a lot of men as well uh, that have taken up time with me so I think when we look at it big picture wise I would hope that we could could work together much better than what we do yeah and you know? and so like you said like big picture wise mm -hmm. um seeing the impact seeing how it can work well and how yeah. effective uh, different ministries are when we come together and work as, as a spiritual unit. How yeah. do we overcome this tension that exists? How can we bring our other brothers and sisters along on this journey, um, to try to encourage them to uh, think differently, to open their minds and their hearts to women leading alongside them? Yeah, I, I think, I think very, very clear, concrete conversations through the word. Um, you know, I just read through a piece of Philippians 1, uh, 27 the other day. And, you know, Paul is basically saying that we have to be of one spirit and of one mind. Like we got to stand firm for the gospel. We got to strive together for the gospel. Yeah. That's inclusive. Mm -hmm. And and I think seeing the world as it is, Erica, we've got, man, you know, we got so much to contend with mm -hmm. these days. Like, I mean, we really don't know if we're going to leave home one morning and make it home that evening. Oh, sure. You know, we got so much to contend with. Mm -hmm. and And it's just, it's a shame that we don't look at the big picture and see that we're really not battling against ourselves. Like we've got an enemy. It's not that person who was sitting next to us on the pew. Yeah. You know, uh, it, there's so much bigger fish to fry. There are some, some eternal things that are hanging in the balance. And if we don't become unified, mm -hmm. we're gonna see this world in much worse shape than it's in before it's, before it's over, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> And uh, and so I think being very intentional in 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 and I and I think you know I, I think one of the things that runs runs people off or, or we don't understand mm -hmm. and you you've set the stage like there are other areas of ministry that women serve other than preaching yeah. like uh, there are a lot of men that probably shouldn't preach and I <laughs> and I tell people and I tell people this all the time everybody can do it but they shouldn't. <laughs> and that's, and that's, Tell the know, truth. That's, you know, everybody shouldn't. And so, so we, you know, even with that, I, I think just 
just saying, listen, this is about the kingdom and we're going to, we're going to have respect for one another's gifts mm-hmm. and we're going to serve together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what I'm trying to, to get our church to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to get us to see that whole, this whole evolution uh, church mantra is evolving together through Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that means not, not that we change our methodologies or, or our message rather, but we, we start looking at how can we do things differently? Yeah. You know, how can we, how can we do things better? Mm-hmm. Not just differently, but how can we do them better? Mm-hmm. And, and I think looking at it big picture wise, instead of being closed minded, I mm-hmm. think would be helpful. In that. And so we're, we're a work in progress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As all of us Let's, are. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I am too. <laughs> and, that, and that I am too. But, you know, the Lord, the Lord is incredibly kind and gracious to us. And, uh, and I think when he sees that we're really, really moving in his will, mm-hmm. he, he softens hearts and, and he allows us to have those conversations that we can have to be more effective. Yeah, yes, you know? he um so i just have one more question i've enjoyed this time yeah me too a few more minutes yeah me too um just offer a word of encouragement to the women who are uh striking out and who are continuing on doing the work god has called them may have faced some adversity and some challenge but are committed to the call on their lives yeah you know what um I, i will say this to any anyone that is listening to this if you, if you are very earnest in your desire to serve the Lord, he will prepare the exact space and capacity in which you will serve. Mm-hmm. Does that make it easier? No, it doesn't. Because even, even me, you know, being a pastor, being a male, uh, you know, I have my own spaces where I'm not always, always welcome. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning to not get upset about that. Uh, the Lord has has somewhere for me. Uh, that was that was the story of me coming here. Uh, to if if y'all if y'all really I don't even have them. If y'all could see all of the rejection letters I got from churches saying you know we gonna we thank you but we're you know we're going in a different direction. You would probably be floored. Mm-hmm. I almost did not even submit a resume to New Mount Calvary because I just I just had a really, really weird church politic kind of search process that went awry. Mm-hmm. I was certain that was the place where God wanted me. And he said no. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost didn't didn't even submit a resume uh, to the church where I currently pastor. So one of the things my pastor always told me back home, my father in the ministry always said, even during when, when I was going through this process, he said, Chris, the Lord always has a prepared people for a prepared person. Yeah. And so continue to cultivate your gifts. One of the things that people don't understand about Paul when he was called to be an apostle was that he took three years or so of training mm-hmm. just just time where he just spent time with God and God worked on him. Mm-hmm. God continued to refine him. Mm-hmm. And when it was time for him to make his move, 
the Lord had already charted the path for him to do so. So don't look at this time as a period of where you're being marginalized. And in some cases, it could be. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've been knowing our people too long. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> yeah. But but look at your look at your affliction, your person, your persecution differently. Uh, this is an opportunity where God is growing you up for a reason. And he has a prepared place for the individual that is prepared. So continue to seek those opportunities, continue to surround yourself with, with positive people and those opportunities will come. Like I'm, I'm never asking anybody, I'm never asking anybody to go preach, mm-hmm. never. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't anticipate that starting yeah. uh, now. Uh, I just always believe that if I prepare myself, the Lord will always provide where I need to be when I need to be there. Mm-hmm. So just remain prayerful and remain prepared and remain patient. And you'll be exactly where God wants you to be. Remain prayerful, prepared, and yeah. patient. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank you so much. No, uh, thank, you. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a joy. I, I've enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. And thank all of you for joining us again this week. I hope that something was said that will encourage you along your way, that will enlighten you and uplift you. If you would like to reach out to Pastor Moore or myself, if you have questions, please feel free to leave comments in the section below, as well as DM, and we will get back with you in a timely manner. But until the next time we meet, God bless you, be safe, and take good care.